Hello DAS listeners, this is Charlie Braids Price and Ravina Pavani. We are following on with our masculinity theme for this DAS Light special. We are joined by Smashing Monroe, who is a cunt of all trades. Indeed I am. <laughs> <laughs> performer uh, and I basically do a little bit of everything from drag to burlesque to sideshow. Can't have all trades. There exactly. we go. Mm-hmm. It's a good hashtag. <laughs> I think the main reason we wanted to talk to you was about your jag- drag king work. Yeah. But we've been talking about masculinity and what it means to us. Um, so I just wanted to ask you really basically, what do you think of when you think of masculinity? The kind of my idea of masculinity in the last like five to ten years has actually completely evolved um, because it's not just necessarily I'd say big man wide shoulders this or that. To me, masculinity now is is more of um, a, a train of thought, a style of thinking. Is that there are certain things that I myself will identify as masculine in my ways. Um, I think it's almost like. It is using like the elements of masculinity being brave and kind of bold and a bit more, I will stand up and be counted. Um, But, you know, then there are some people that I meet that no matter what their gender, that I would say they would have masculine traits. Yeah, because we when we had our initial discussion about masculinity through women's eyes, it was very much like there's toxic masculinity and then there's masculinity in its most old-fashioned sense about being a gentleman and yeah, taking sure responsibility. Really. So how, what's your relationship like with masculinity as, as a woman in this alternative scene? I think I've met people that are happy to identify as masculine, but they're not specifically gendered at mm. all, you know, just because their biology says one thing. I mean, as a performer, having... For myself, I do hold certain masculine traits um some people call it butch I'm fine with that whatever way um I kind of like thank fuck I have that because it gives me an edge on some people when I first started being a drag king I would literally um my costumes would be very stereotypical of trying to look like a set type of man um but now it's kind of developed where you know I don't always bind when I'm performing as a king and binding is your uh, breast. Yeah, it is the actual putting pressure on using like physical binders or certain tape to create the illusion uh, and take uh, the physicality of being a woman, the breasts away. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, if I, whatever I'm presenting is my choice. To look at you, I'd say those aren't easily bound breasts. They're not. They're bountiful. They, <laughs> they are. I am thankful to the gods. Um, yeah, no, it, it can take a lot of work. I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing a particular routine where I'm not taking clothes off or, or stripping, then it's quite easy. I will use just a couple of sports bras, but then I will also use a specifically made binder that I know a lot of people use, not just um, kings, but also other people that are maybe transitioning. It can hurt. If done wrongly, like the first yeah. time I did it without the binders because I was stripping, um, I used gaffer tape. Oh my god! And it is literally, it is taking your boob and literally doing that. Video under your armpit. Yeah. So Oof. literally, and oh my god, taking the tape taking off. Taking it off. Oh. And I have both my nipples pierced as well. Oh. Did and you I have did rings it. in at the time? No, just bars. There's a dog the, in here, by the way. There is a dog in the room. He's really yeah. cute. <laughs> I think it's okay. We just... <laughs> 
Just give him some attention. Yes. <laughs> He's all right. Um, let's talk drag kings. Yes. What What's the story? When did it? When did you start doing um, drag kings? I started in drag um, using a male persona. Um, that was about two and a bit years ago now. Uh, and I started off um, where I was hosting an event and there was a drag king performing and I was like, oh my God. So like even my life, only like two and a half, nearly three years ago, did I actually hear of drag king? Six weeks later, I had my first show date and I was like, shit. I did have a character king name, um, but since then, because I've, I feel my drag has developed beyond just one character. It just, it, it makes it easier to just do it as me. Mm. Um, so I still perform as a king, still presenting masculine, but I also perform now as a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different terms that people use for that, like bio queen, hyper queen, and I'm just like, I've started to adapt, uh, started to adapt and use the term um, drag artist. Um, saying, oh, we love that how you're doing this and bringing sideshow into drag and, and how you do a version of burlesque but boylesque as a performer. That's fucking important to me. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> on iTunes, I think we're explicit. We are. Yeah. It's explicit just because we swear sometimes. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I said cunt at the beginning of this, so you're fine. <laughs> This might be a really stupid question, but what does drag mean then? Because I want to say drag king, drag queen, and you're saying it's more the drag scene. So what? The term drag will have a certain social perspective because there is certain elements where people have seen drag. Like I remember one of the first times I saw a drag queen was when I was about 15 in a gay bar in Manchester and they were very much... uh, over exaggeration of a female yeah persona um and at that time it was very much there were they were sassy they were cheeky but it was almost like a certain element of it was them being rude and like mm. being is it like the older crowd like the lily <laughs> savage yes kind of crowd <laughs> I, yeah i mean when when you look back historically and where that you've had characters that are basically drag queens in the media for like sixties and seventies, I mean, you had Dame Edna Everidge, um, mm. uh, Lily Savage. You know, you even had um, Les Dawson performing as a female character. Mm. Um, Eddie Izzard. Yeah, mm. you've got people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can go back to like fifties and sixties where you've got um, very slightly effeminate men performing in certain, you know, comedy skits as women. So it's like there were elements there, but you know, drag goes back hundreds of years not just for drag queens but drag kings Mm. you know especially here in uh europe like uk and paris london berlin um going back into the 1860s 1870s where you've got women presenting as masculine Mm. and it was part of the subculture I, i i really love women presenting as masculine like whenever i see your instagram stuff i'm just like what what what's my character like what would i look like and I always think about that. I'm, I need to figure out what my character's like. Well, <laughs> if you want to have an afternoon doing it, let me know. Oh, my God. That would be the Shall best we, thing we, ever. We can king you up if you want. I'd love to be kinged Imagine. up. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, one of my favourite kings does a very uh, rat pack and they sing and they do a lot oh, of wow. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin sort of songs. And then you have, like, some punk kings. Yeah. And then you have other kings that don't even, you know, 
have one particular thing like cosplay kings. Literally, you it, can be whatever you there's want. There's so mm. many out there. I'd be a rude boy. <laughs> I think I'd be like an emo. <laughs> a really emo. Oh, but I like, can imagine that. like a yeah. <laughs> like male, but still quite quite a, fe- a feminine male. No, but like just like a with, shy boy with the, eye, with the eyeliner and yeah. the nail pot and nail the fingerless gloves. Yeah. Oh, I see this happening. <laughs> I really want you to see this happen. happening. <laughs> I think when you first started out, if my social media stalking's right. <laughs> um, is it was it was it Rico? Yeah. Your first was, yeah. was that your first character? Yeah. As my first drag character was Rico. Rico what, Del Rey. What's Rico Del Rey like? Um, I did have a backstory for him when I first started because just from old school theatre and union shit, you know, if you have a story, it's more believable. And I still <laughs> kind of envelop that kind of very Stanislavskian now sometimes. <laughs> so bad. And he was a, a builder. You know, he worked. Um, but cheeky chappy yeah one of those one of those like you're kind of like you're arrogant but I would fuck you <laughs> that was what I wanted is that no one was safe around him so like, like Gaston would... from Beauty and the Beast is it worth it let me work it I put my thing down flip it and reverse it it's your primitive it's when yet it's your primitive it's when yet if you got a big let me search it how do you feel when you are all dressed up and you're about to go out and what's like talk us through the kind of emotional um, side of it it is nerve-wracking because you know as a performer you go on stage and every set of eyes will judge you and some most of them i'll be honest i've been very lucky the audiences have just been like oh my god you look amazing seriously how do you do that how do you get into it oh my god you have a penis and i'm like you know all these sort of things um, and then there will be some people going, well, it's it's not right. Oh, my God, you freak. And I'm like, yes, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I, I do this to express myself where other people may do decoupage or play rugby or yeah. or whatever it is. I'm not going to condone what you do is shit. Um, talk to me about the penis. I think I saw a picture of it. Did you put it on Instagram? I have put it. Yeah, yeah. And I took it. Yeah. I sent. I took a screenshot to send to Rubina to be like, we need to talk to Smash about this. And then I was like, with work friends, like deleting stuff. And I was like, found it. And I was like, oh, that's a penis, but it's 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 not actually a penis, but it looks like a penis. Uh, I'm just going to delete it. Yeah. Yeah. My notes. <laughs> this isn't an unsolicited dick pic. This is someone I know. No, it was solicited. It's fine. <laughs> we solicited um, it. No, it's, again, it's when you're creating the illusion, the, the physicality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very feminine. I have hips, I have a belly, I have curves. Um, but what I wanted to do was to try and break that shape up a little bit. That's why I bind. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I wanted was my own penis. I know other kings that pack... Um, and some people use socks. Mine was a couple of pairs of socks because I didn't have one and I was really nervous and so I stole two other kittens' socks to shove down my pants. <laughs> Four pairs of socks. Yeah. What was it like picking it? Did you think, right, I know what I want? No, it was hilarious. Were you just in there and you were like, this I, just I called just, to me, it chose me. I just, I just Googled it because I was like, well, I could ask other people, but I knew the kings that I knew at the time, like I say, some of them just use socks, some of them don't pack. Um... Uh, and again, they are used by um, not just performers, but also people that are transitioning to give mm. that sort of shape mm. and feel. And I think I kind of wanted a little bit of truth to it, that if I was going to do this, I kind of wanted to give a bit of me mm. over for it. Yeah. 
Rubina, what penis would you choose? I think I'd probably go for something <sighs> the size of my forefinger to thumb, because that's like yeah. the classic measurement, isn't it? Hold on, let's say. see. Is yours? Mine would be. Uh, oh my god, mine would be tiny. I have my backup one actually down let's here. Have You'll have to forgive, <laughs> you have to forgive the state of it, because this has been on too many. At nightclub so, floor. Too, too many rodeos. Yeah. Smash, is, <laughs> Smash is reaching into a bag to pull oh out my God. a... So of, that's gigantic. So basically... It's, it looks quite jelly. Yeah, like. yeah it's it's clean, it's but flaccid. it is kind of... yeah. It's, it's got glitter just, on it. Yeah, I know, it's my disco dick, because I've dropped <laughs> it. Yeah, no, no, it's literally, it is like silicone-based prosthetic. Wow. And it just creates the shape where you have the testicles and then... My guy. Does that, is that quite comfortable in He's here? big, yeah. he's a big one. Because it just kind of sits... I mean, I've, just got, sits in I've there. got a belly as well, but it just kind of sits in the right place quite nicely. And it gives me an awesome bulge. Yeah, and I, I literally, I have had people go, can I touch it? And I was like, uh, going to take it out? And they're like, no, I'll kind of... Kind of touch it. it there. Luckily enough, some people do cup, but they ask first, but some people don't. And I've literally oh. gone, why would you do that? You know, there, there is this huge fucking thing of like, it's still part of my body. Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Masculinity being portrayed <laughs> by a woman... How do you think that differs from masculinity being portrayed by a man? Do you think it's a different take on it? Completely. Because there is... There's so much that we don't know about... I was going to say I'm really fucking cheesy about their truths, about men's truths. Yeah. There are certain things that since I've done kinging that I've actually kind of like picked up on a lot more. I've, you know, I've walked through central London in drag and and then I've had some people where they're like, they, they thought I was a guy. And I'm fine with passing or not passing. It's part of it is I do make an attractive looking masculine character. And I, I like that because part of me is that. That's why... My king character that was, well, oh, I'm a man, has evolved out of what I would have stereotyped masculinity as to what I would describe as masculine traits of my personality. It's, it's a part of me. God, that got deep, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a really Daily Mail question? And this isn't, this isn't me. This isn't from me. This is just me thinking about what, what people I don't like might, might ask. What toilet would you use when you're dressed in drag? Um... Whichever one has the shortest queue. <laughs> um, Me too. Yeah. Because because I'm I'm one of those people that even on a night out, if I see that there's not a queue or anyone in the guys' toilets, I'll go and use the cubicle yeah, there. Because if you got to piss, you got to piss. Women are just going to be like plagued with bladder bladder problems because <laughs> mm. of this. Some everyone's why women are on tenor lady. Yeah. You're in retract infections. I have a Daily Mail question as well. Yeah. What about... Um, <laughs> I love that. These aren't from us. Someone wrote in the Daily, Daily, Daily Mail. <laughs> but like, I guess some of the arguments against playing with gender and like against uh, exploring these binaries is, is that it's, it's, a, it's a confusing environment to raise young people in. Um, I, no, I, I, I agree. It is very much a... Like I say, it's that point of evolution where we're, we're not quite sure where it's heading, but we're actually in the, the process of things shifting and changing. And it is very difficult. Um, I got to meet a fabulous drag performer. Um, e is, uh, I, I think they are eight or nine drag performer, American. Oh, wow. Um, and they were performing at the Austin International Drag Festival. Um, and literally, beautiful, amazing lip sync, fantastic makeup skills. And literally, they are a performer. They are a drag performer. And that's it. The, the the parents were so supportive and literally helping get changed and this and that. And I'm like, 
how can it be so wrong if a certain amount of people are now allowing this and are, are enabling this? I mean, you know, there are more more children in the UK in the last 10 years that are now identifying as not just trans, but um, uh, gender non-binary mm. than ever before because we know what it is now. We're more aware. That book is now open. Yeah. The story's ready to be written, so how is that a bad thing? You were born this way. No medication straight of violence, being transgender life. I'm on the right track, baby, I was born to survive. No matter black, white, or Do you think the rise of the drag queen, in opposed to the drag king, or and, uh, just kind of more gender-fluid drag acts, is because largely we live in a patriarchal society? Is that something to be... One, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I'd say, because without the strength of the patriarchy, there wouldn't have been what I can only class as sort of an uprising in regards to the drag community mm. and the drag as an art form in itself. But then in the same breath, they've done a bit of damage because all people want is drag queens because it's all they've seen. Yeah. So when you're trying to present anything else that is not just a drag queen, it's quite difficult. And you don't get as maybe as big an audience or as much coverage on social media. What does butch mean to you? You touched on it a little bit <laughs> earlier, but we were when we spoke about masculinity through our eyes as kind of straight cis women. It is automatically meaning that you're a short haired, dungaree wearing, doc marting, <laughs> lesbian builder that plays folk guitar. It's like my favourite sort of person. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. Literally, that is what a lot of people will still reflect as butch. Whilst to me, my my personal butch traits are slightly similar. So I can't even go, well, it's not right, but there are certain elements. Yeah, I have short hair. Yeah, I love dungarees because they're comfortable and practical because I fucking we love, love dungarees. I, I love, love pockets. <laughs> yeah. love pockets. Fucking love pockets. And I love the fact that I can be anything I want to be. That yeah. androgyny, it's hot. <laughs> you know, I've literally, I, I love, I mean, like, if I show you my wardrobe, it's like it's two people's wardrobe sometimes because I've got all these fucking glamorous dresses and then I've just got, like, some really nice trousers, shirts, ties, jackets, butch femme, whichever way you want to describe it, they're, they're a part of me. Smash's hair is turquoise blue for the <laughs> Yeah, so it's... I, it's amazing colour. It's, That's it's, such a good colour. It's so lush. Neither of us have ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race. We're going to watch it and review it on the podcast nice. as something because it's something so many people just absolutely love. Yeah. Um, what are your views on it before? Any tips for us as first-time okay. watchers? I, I, do, I do adore RuPaul's Drag Race for creating an open door for drag. But then in the same breath as a drag performer, RuPaul themselves have said that they would not invite kings onto the show. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they have said point blank that they were it is it is for queens and that makes me a little bit sad because i was like do you know what you've coined not just terms but trains of thought and um ways of thinking that a lot of young people would never have found without them yeah but in the same breath you've done exactly what i really didn't want you to do like to me all drag is valid there is actually another show that I did want to mention to you. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a drag competition. It's uh, called Dragula. It's <laughs> okay. basically, it's for horror. Ah. Oh, my God, amazing. Dirty, nasty queens. Um, and it is all queens, um, but there's only two seasons. The second one has just finished. 
Uh, but it's by um, a pair of drag queens called the Boulet Brothers. And it's amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a huge difference in budget because this one, it looks like it was... <laughs> the first season looks like it was filmed in someone's garage. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see how Drag Race starts off in the first seasons where it starts off with like a cash prize of $20,000 and then by season 10 it's like 150000 Wow. And you see where, where the money comes into play and you see the, the change in the sort of the queens. They're accepted because you've got queens that have applied for years and years and they've not got on and then all of a sudden they get on and you're like, it's because you're a pretty queen or it's because you're this, because you're that. And you can see that they're getting very stylized as it yeah. goes on and that's the only thing that I don't like the first couple of seasons I loved because you were like oh my god there's fat queens yes there's <laughs> fat queens I just I just say don't put all your eggs in the RuPaul's Drag Race basket yeah. kind of look at the bigger kind of picture <laughs> <laughs> 